We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andy Liu, 365, maybe 366 days in a leap year. Just light years consistent. We're here for you. August, there's literally no NBA content right now, but we are here. I, I um, you know, you spend the week usually mining the uh, interwebs for, for content uh, when you put the show together. Uh, and, and it makes my job easy because I can always come in and, and riff off of what you what you do. I don't, I'm, I, I don't envy you right now, Sam, because uh, there is nothing You've got to go into the depths of this hell is, to find something. This is the time of year which separates the boys from the men. This is <laughs> this is the time of year where the true takesmen and content machines are able to get it done, and those those who those who are pretenders take months off. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I look look friend of the show Bill took a month off, comes back, comes back and does his podcast today. Light years? No. No, we're here twice a week, three times a week. Doesn't matter. We're talking about something. What are we talking about today, Sam? Um, actually, first thing I want to talk about is we we never got a chance to talk about because last week was your birthday, and you know I appreciate it. You had, you had stuff going on and everything, but um, we did an amazing rewatch of Warriors Celtics Game Four, the mm. Steph Legacy Game in my opinion, probably the best game of his career when you consider the stakes and the moment mm-hmm. and everything uh, on playback. Honestly, like I've won. The rewatch was more fun than even I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a good time, but it was even better than I thought. A bunch of the goons came. We're going to do another one this week, Wednesday. Um, it'll either be 7 or 8 p.m. We're still working out those details. So, you know, you know where to find the info. Um, the votes are in, Andy. Mm. We're going to watch 2019 Houston Rockets Ooh. Warriors Game 6, the 0.1st half, 33-point second half Steph Curry performance. Wow. Um, I like that I, one. I kind of wanted to do 2016 OKC Game 6. But ultimately, as a man of the people, I had to respect the voting results. It was a 60-40 vote per the Twitter poll. Pretty substantial. We'll do OKC the following week or something. You know, like we're going to get to it before the season starts. But these rewatches are fun, man. Um, Well, I think they're a lot more fun than than 
I think I imagine because you actually feel kind of stressed out. I think I thought going in, we were kind of just going to keep it pretty, pretty easy and light. But I think 20 minutes in, I think both of us and especially the uh, the fan base were like, holy shit, I don't remember this game being so stressful. Yeah, like the, the nuance, de- like the little things you don't. I Exactly. I remember, I think I said it like three times during the rewatch on playback. I was just like. I don't remember it being this close, this late. I thought the Warriors pulled away a little earlier than this. I don't remember Boston having a double-digit lead in the third quarter, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Five-point lead with six minutes left. Like, I, I, man, it was it was a nail-biter throughout. And it, it never felt like the Warriors were getting blown out. But it, it in the moment, I hadn't rewatched it since. You and I. We watch highlights, but we hadn't rewatched the full game. And you watched the full game, and you're like, man, there were minute stretches where the Warriors were just breaking open shots. And <laughs> we're just sitting there. Yeah, and, like, and there, the was a, there was like a stretch in the second quarter where I was watching it, and I'm like, man, they, they really could have just killed the Warriors here, like Boston. Like yep. they could have put yep. their they could have put their foot on the throat and it's over three, one, you know, they're, they're in a good spot. And I, I think it was a lot of fun also because like, these are the most iconic games of what is clearly the team of the decade, the generation, whatever you want to call it, you know, at, at least the last 10 years. Um, it's fun to go back and do that. Like, especially when barrier baseball kind of sucks. So it's like, it's not like I'm trying to watch either of those teams on, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night either. Um, the other, the other take I had from that game and I was, I was, uh, texting with you about it and talking about I did not remember how many ridiculous finishes Steph had I knew he had some like really good like off the glass through two defenders types of touch finishes that was that was an absurd masterclass like he it was like there was like 10 of them you know it was just like the sheer volume of them it's it was absolutely insane and that's like the thing about the rewatch like you, you just remember things a little different this this is the one where i think it's always easy i think we had we had actually <clears throat> speaking of trying to find content we had that lady on shack's pod i don't remember her name i don't think it really matters talk about uh how steph is uh, how she was um, uh essentially disgusted that shack would say steph is the best player in the world and basically saying that steph is the best shooter in the world it's always funny because like you're saying he is one of the best finishers at the rim in the world uh, and, and at six, two, six, three. So you talk about Kyrie, who's another guy who's a lead at finishing Steph is right there with him, if not better. And the guy is, is just barely taller than, than a normal human being. Right. And he's, and then, and on top of that, he's doing this on the biggest stage, biggest stage against the best defense in the NBA, right? Number one, number two is Boston and, and Golden State. Right. So he's doing this against the best in the world. Um, just ridiculous defensive player of the year with a potential other defensive player of the year, protecting the rim with a bunch of wings who can get it. Like, I mean, there's yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, by the way, I appreciate you bringing up the shack thing. Um, most of our listeners probably saw the clip from the podcast. And it's just like in general, you know what, maybe I'll rearrange what we're going to talk about today, but it, it ties to this general topic of, People just have such a hard time with the idea that Steph is a more complete player than the reputation. Like he's always going to have the shooting reputation, but I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm going like, really, what is his offensive weakness? What is it? No, no, there's nothing. 
he's a true three level. Oh, he's a true four level scorer. Like no matter where you shoot the ball on the court, he's better at it than your favorite player. He just, he's a better finisher inside than anyone better in the mid range. Obviously he's known for the three point shooting. He's just as good on ball as off ball. No one in, no one in in the league can do both the things at the level he does. Some guys can shoot off ball. Great clay. Um, Some guys can shoot on ball, though not as good as Steph. Uh, No one can do both as well as him. At the same time. And then he's a phenomenal passer on top of it, too. And so he's just – it's one of those things where sometimes sometimes it feels petty to continually bring it up. But the other part of me is like we've been watching him basically be the engine of the best offense, changing the game for a decade, and there's still people who don't understand what they're watching. That's always the part that gets me. It's like – I I I got it in 2015 or 16. Right, right. Because uh, it was so new. It was new. Yep. But like every every play, Jordan Poole is trying to shoot off the dribble from 28 because of Steph. Trey Young, same thing. All those guys are doing the things Steph does, but not to his level and not with the diversity that he does it. Yeah, I I think that's that's a great way to put it. 2017, 2018, I think it was becoming very like more and more obvious, but then it was a little bit harder because Hades on the team. But then now, five years later, you look at the way that stuff was talked about. There's just really nothing left outside of that. Um, I also think that the the defensive part, I think a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around it. But here's the thing: unless as like let's take let's say let's take Kevin Durant, for example. You're seven foot. Right. So uh, inherently you have advantages to what Steph is. You're also not as good as Steph offensively, but just because you're seven foot doesn't mean that you're going to be a great defender. As far as we know, watching Katie the last few seasons, who's an amazing offensive player still, he is not an elite defender that can change the game defensively, like say a Draymond Green. So unless you're saying that, oh, okay, like Katie's better than Steph because he's taller, uh, does that length actually help him do anything? Because we we saw that really didn't matter. That length, if anything, that length helps him more on offense. Like the argument for him is like he can get a shot off and even then, he couldn't against Boston, right? If we're just right. talking about against Boston. And I, I get it. I just think maybe a younger KD, even the, war, the KD that was on the Warriors was elite defensively, I thought. But he also had a ton of great defenders around him. So I think the only guy, and I, and I, and I you're saying about kind of changing the, the rundown up, but I think this is a good way to put it, is the only guy that has, you can say, has that advantage on Steph where you can say, well, he's taller. So that makes him a great defender. So that might make him better all around than Steph is probably Giannis because Giannis can actually impact the game at the five position. Uh, and I don't think any of the other guys can anymore. Katie definitely doesn't. LeBron definitely doesn't. Luka definitely doesn't. Jokic definitely doesn't. Right. So unless you're telling me that those guys are elite defenders, they're not even and they're, they're not better than Steph. And then they're not better offensively than Steph at all. So. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, so perfect segue. So friend of the show, well, friend of me, maybe not so much friend of you, no. Uh, from the volume, Jason Timp. <laughs> put out his player rankings for the NBA and for better or worse, you know, you could think what you want of that, but we're probably two weeks away from everyone releasing their player rankings. We get the sports illustrated player rankings, the ESPN player rankings. Um, maybe we'll get official light years player rankings with cool sure. graphics. You know, again, Neil, get Neil to learn some Photoshop and just, just Steph, Steph, <laughs> Steph, 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 and Steph in the top five. Um, but anyway, uh, so I know Jason put some thought into this and his top five was five Luca, four LeBron, three KD, two Steph, one Giannis. My, my initial take is, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't have a huge problem with the list. Like I, I have different opinions, but like I, in listening to him explain it, I didn't think it was particularly insane. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go Jokic over Luca. I was pers- gonna say personally, I would say, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but Luca might be might might make that true next year. Um, LeBron, yeah. LeBron, I just don't know how to rank. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Just because like yeah. age, injuries, those things. But like in general, we're very clear. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's a pretty pretty fair list. I mean, I'd I'd rather have Steph at, at one. I think most people listening uh, will. Um, but I think it's fair. I, I think if you had to make an argument that somebody's better than Steph right now, it would be Giannis. I mean, he was you, the guy last year that won. Yep. Do you agree with me on this? It's like Steph and Giannis are the two best players in the yes. league. Yes. And then KD and LeBron are the next two where we're like kind of slowing down. So I don't know where to rank them, but on any given night, they can play like Easily. they're still those dudes. Yep. Like, LeBron's 37. He's going to be 38 this year. He's probably going to play 50 games again instead of 80. You know, he's probably not going to play defense every possession, that sort of stuff. So it's like, I don't know how to rank him, but then he can also have a 50 point triple double on anyone at any time. So it it just, that, that's my whole thing. But if you're talking about night to night consistency, it's obviously Stefan Giannis, right? And, And those are the two guys that we just saw play on the highest stage and were by far the best player right on the floor. You watch Giannis last season, best player on the floor. Um, and then you watch Steph against uh, Warriors against Boston, best player on the floor. So, yeah, I think the tears way is a good to put it, a good way to put it. Just obvious best guys in the world, Giannis, Steph, and then you've got the the older generation, but still great. Although it's funny because Steph is 34. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, he's just as old uh, as the other two guys, Katie and LeBron. And then maybe you put like the younger um, kind of superstars, um, Luca. And then, and then Kawhi is an interesting one that's not on the list. I, I usually would have him on it, but it's like we haven't seen him play in two years. So I, I don't know what you do with that. Yeah, if you're, a if, guy. You're, if you're concerned about like the LeBron KD, um, like consistency, like w- in terms of like physical health and stuff, like Kawhi's on another level. Yeah, right? I, we don't, 
no idea who where he's at. Last time I think we saw him in the NBA Finals, I don't think he was the obvious best player on the floor. I didn't think that either. No. So it's like I don't know if he's that good. My whole thing with Kawhi is he's objectively a winning player. Like he does winning things in like four different facets of the game. Like he doesn't, he's never a guy who's going to like just play for himself. So I always appreciate that. Um, And he does have the ability to just hit some stupid shots on repeat or make some insane defensive plays. But like, you know, he's also kind of hurt all the time and like it's all the time. It's it's very hard to put him into context because it's like on any given night, he can outplay everyone. But you don't know if tonight's going to be that any given night. But on the other hand, there's only so many players who can actually do that, too. Yeah, I was going to say maybe five, four. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other thing with him, I think the Kawhi stuff we'll see this year is I'm not really high on the Clippers because of the Kawhi stuff where it's where it's again, he hasn't played, but also how good is he? How good is that? I feel like people are saying, well, the Clippers are going to be favorites to come out of the West because they've got Kawhi and Paul George healthy. It's like, how good is Kawhi actually? How good is Paul George? We know Paul George is kind of a fraud. So it's like, how good do we think these guys are going to be together? And then you've, you're relying now on a bunch of guys, um, especially like John Wall. Like, what are we doing here? Why we're not, we're not relying on John Wall. So I just think fine second tier contender in the West, but I think a lot of the stuff around the Clippers is hyped to a point where it's like, I, I like a lot. I like a lot of things around the Clippers, but I'm, I'm with you in the sense of like everything revolves around two guys who have an iffy health record at best. Right. And then like, I, I just don't think the other stuff matters if you're not getting Pete Kawhi. Like I, I would love Terrence Mann on the Warriors. Objectively, a useful winning wing God, player. He's so good. On yeah, the he, he's good, dude. He's he, every team wants him. He's like he's gonna be annoyingly hipsterified this year as being underrated. You know, he's like a, you you know exactly what I mean. Well, they have um, like eight of those guys. Yeah, they're, they're like they're they have good. like like that. You know, but again, none of it matters unless Kawhi is Pete Kawhi, and like I just don't know. I don't know if he's going to be off an ACL tear, you know, like it's not like he was an Iron Man before that. So no, no, he had a quad thing right for a while. I don't know what was going on there. And and he was missing games, low management stuff. Like he was breaking down there at the end of the Raptors series, the Raptors Warriors. You remember that he was limping around that. I mean, that was partly why it didn't feel like he was the best player on the court. Um, that's, I, I part of the, that's part of the reason you and I are like, if Clay doesn't go down, I think they win the series because he was just as banged up as the Warriors were. Yep. Yeah, so I I think it's a fair list. I think I, I but I think the Clippers. We're gonna do some preseason stuff at some point here. I think the Clippers. They're on my list of teams that I think are gonna be um, just overrated. So let me let me ask you this. So, what is the case for Giannis being better than Steph? It's defense, right? I think so. I think he can do his version of the Draymond at the five and unlock defensively and offensively. Uh, a team that can win a championship on both sides of the court. I think that's the case. Again, though, that's not that's not my fit because I think Steph is still the best player in the world because offensively he's so much better than everyone in the world, right? And at the end of the day, that that matters more. He he, Boston gave up because <laughs> I think we you and I were talking about the replay at first. Game four was close. Uh, five and six weren't, and I think like sometimes with revisionist history, a lot of us kind of felt like the Warriors beat the crap out of the Celtics in those last four or five. They didn't. Right. Three and four were close. Uh, five and six was when uh, kind of Steph just kind of just pounded them. Um, so I think just the offense matters more to me. But I think if you had to pick Giannis, I think that's it. Right. It's what he can do at the five. Yeah. I it's like thought- LeBron, like young LeBron, prime LeBron. Right. 
I, I just always, I, my counter is Steph is so much better at offense than everyone in the NBA yeah. that he allows you to play Draymond and Looney together. Therefore you have a good, you have a great defense. Like, yeah. could you, could you play Draymond or Looney next to Giannis? <clears throat> Stop. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, but, no, I but know. Like, that's, but like, that's, that's my that's my argument. My argument is, or next if to you, KD, or next to LeBron, you can't do any of that either. If you but. want to look at the totality of a player, you have to look at everything they bring to the table. And Steph is so otherworldly on offense; he allows you to play defenders who have a hard time playing in other systems, mostly because they lack offense. You know, like you can get away with some real bullshit lineup combinations offensively because of Steph Curry. You can't do that with, with Giannis. Um, I, I think, and, and I think you have to put that like my overarching point before I turn it over to you is that has to be factored into, to your player rankings. Like it's not just about individual. It's about what they allow you to do team building wise. One of the guys I think this matters a lot to is probably GP two. Um, we're going to see GP two this year. Um, in Portland playing next to essentially the the poor man, Steph, right, Dame. And we'll see kind of what he looks like outside of playing next to Steph. Right? I think GP2 um, had a great season, had a great postseason. A lot of that is possible because you can play him as a small big man next to Steph Curry. Because, again, like, GP2 can't shoot. And even if he does make threes, no guy play, – players are always going to come off of him, right? And so I think part of that – Giannis has that kind of LeBron thing where it's you have to put shooters around him. You just have to. Pat Connaughton, our guy, our guy, Dante DiVincenzo, right? So you have to put those guys around him. Brooke Lopez, a shooter. If Dante uh, plays better on the Warriors than oh, Milwaukee, like, oh. I mean, does that not does that not factor in a little bit? And Good point. And, and part of it, 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 people will always be like, well, it's the system. But the system doesn't work without number 30 at all times. So I don't know. I mean, we're in the dead of the offseason, but I just – I walk away from the end of last year going 30 is still the best player in the league. You know, Insane. It, 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 you can tell me Giannis is better. You can say LeBron's better. Um, and I'm not going to like argue with you anymore. Cause I just don't care about that sort of stuff, but I know you can build a team with 30 as your best player to beat those teams. Um, and it's just a very short list of guys you can feel very confident about having a clear and concise formula to win a title around, and he's one of them. Um, one of like say, three, maybe. Four. I was going to ask you who are who are the people on the list. Um, Who's your okay. four or five? Steph, Giannis are the two obvious ones because not only um, do they have the talent, they're you're not worried about durability. They're still in their prime. LeBron is still on my list, but now you have to start making more concessions for his durability concerns. Sure. Right. KD also on my list, a little more mercurial, but like the talent's the talent and he's done it at such a high level. And honestly, probably Kawhi, but with he's on a little below because you have even more health concerns about him. Right. But I still feel confident with Kawhi. If you put the right team around him, you can beat anyone. Period, it is. Right? It is. I, by the way, I have the same list as you. Uh, that's. It's been my list for like four years now. Uh, it's the same five guys because those are the guys that win championships. I don't. I'm not putting Jokic in there, Luca in there, and those guys in there. They're on they the cusp for me. They're yep. on the. I think they can do it. I. I do believe there's a world in which Jokic or Luca are the best player in a title team. It just hasn't happened yet. You know, like 
yeah, and don't talk to me about AD being in there, right? I know the Lake, Laker LeBron fans tried to get him in there for like two seconds, and obviously they didn't work out because AD is a fraud. Um, I think it is hilarious uh, and very uh, a testament to Steph that he is the most durable player on this list. Uh, with Giannis, he's very four. He's the smallest dude by far. Everybody's a freak, six eight and up. Uh, and Steph is the guy that's the most durable, and he's and he's that old. He's in his mid thirties. Insane, just insane. Um, the, I think the next the next one we, we talk about guys on the list with KD. Um, I, I was listening to speaking of finish show Bill Simmons. He was he was talking about on his podcast today. He's been bringing this up repeatedly, Sam. He's kind of hinting at. By it. the way, mm. friend of the show Bill with um, a also day one goon was. <laughs> Shots to boss. Um, dude, he brings up the Warriors as a destination for KD. He, he thinks it's just. He thinks the Warriors are top one, top two as an option for 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 KD. He thinks it's actually possible. Your thoughts on that? It's kind of it's kind of weird that he's that's he's with the with the up. with the caveat. I don't think the Warriors would do it. They're hold on, they're, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? You don't, don't think, think the Warriors would do it? I don't think they'd meet Brooklyn's price. Okay, he'd have to make it. He'd have to get Brooklyn to like chill on wanting like fifty picks or whatever the hell you know. Okay. okay. Um. It's obviously the most, uh, the best destination. You know it works with Steph and Katie because they never lost. They just didn't, you know. No. no. Um, the Warriors have the Warriors have assets that Brooklyn would want in theory. Where you're just like, okay, we can give you some high upside young guys, and we have a bunch of we have picks, you know. So it's like they get the rebuild package that they want, right? Um, and. I just don't think other than Boston, a situation like that exists. Like Boston's the only other team who can trade stuff that matters and still have a contender, you know? Um, And unlike Boston, I actually think the Warriors have, because he's been here before, there's a a level of understanding of how it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I do think, I, I think Bill's right. Like it's obviously the best situation. It's the best option for him. I just don't think it's happening. Okay. Um, I think it's interesting because um, I don't think anyone's really talking about that. I think people are like, oh yeah, it'd be cool if you went to the Warriors, but they don't bring it up like realistically. End of the day, everyone's like, well, why would Katie do that? The Warriors wouldn't want to give up Kuminga and all of those guys. Yeah, it's, it, it would be super humbling for um, Katie to come back. Like, I, yeah, it, it would just be admitting like, <laughs> you you guys are right. Sorry, he's such a weirdo. I bet he would too. I bet he'd figure out a way to to make it make it up in his head that it that it's actually better for a friend to go back to. I don't know. Um, I just find it interesting come that come back, Kevin. What we're just gonna piss everyone else off. That's how yeah. we're gonna do it. Just twenty nine fan bases are gonna cry. That's how we do it. It might be thirty. It might be the Warriors fan base too. We're just KD <laughs> and the Warriors fan base again. Jesus Christ. Um. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy that he keeps bringing it up. I, what do you, do you think that Steph and, uh, cause he's not bringing it up just, it's not like it's me bringing it up. Like I would just say some shit, uh, with no sources. The dude knows people. So I'm sure this has been talked about in, in circles that matter. Um, do you think that Steph has talked to Katie about it? I know Marcus has brought that up like a month ago. Do you think that front office has talked about it? I'm sure they have, right? Like, like how realistic you think it is? that they've talked about like together 100% discussed. I'm, I'm 
my my gut tells me this is more of a uh I, I'm just not taking it too seriously. That's yeah. really where I'm okay. at with it. There's no other way around it. I know I like do you think do I think KD or sorry, do I think Draymond and Steph been like he comes back here and we just win more titles, it'll be fun and all that sort of stuff? Like, sure. Right now they're living their best lives. They just want a title. They proved everything they want to prove to the world, which is like we want before, we want after. You can't say anything. There's no loss for any of them, right? Yeah. Um, okay. But I just I, I I and like honestly, like say what you want, but they're they're in their 30s. Who do you think they'd rather play with? Someone who's in their age range or a 21-year-old? Like this is a this is a very I don't know, man. You, do you do you like hanging out with 21-year-olds? I have no comment. <laughs> I have no comment. <laughs> no, but I, I'm, I'm with you. If you're trying, look, Steph knows. They know if if KD comes back and they get to play with, they get to play with you. They're winning one, one at least one, two more, right? And so, I, maybe another question would be, um, I think he brings this up too. Is, is Draymond in the deal? Uh, is Clay in the deal? Um, maybe. Ooh. Right? Like that's. I'm not. I'm not ready to go down that path. That's. that's I'm just. That's, it it that's was brought for me. It, it was brought up. So anyway, mid-August, mid-August content. We'll see what happens. This is this is peak August 21st content. All right, let's end it here. Um, CJ Holmes, uh, the new San Francisco Chronicle beat writer, beat writer, apologies, um, wrote an article on James Wiseman today. Uh, I thought it was good, and I thought it gave you a little insight into James Wiseman, but to me – the interesting takeaway was uh, Wiseman was kind of being upfront about like all the mental challenges he's been going through the last year. Yep. Um, talking about going to therapy, which I think is amazing. Talking about um, just the struggles of the injuries and the expectations and how it gets in your head. Um, I walked away from it feeling very good about James Wiseman. Now, I don't know where I, I just like happy for happy sure. for him that he's able to speak openly about stuff that's bothering him because like the first step in getting over anything is admitting it's a thing to you in your head. Right. Yep. And then you go from there moving forward. So like, you know, our job in some ways is like, you know, our job ultimately is like to engage and like, discuss with warrior fans but like we all have opinions some people have more optimistic more pessimistic ex- opinions on on him from a basketball perspective but like on any level every warrior fan wants to see him succeed i find it very i think it's very cool that he's this mature i don't know that um i don't i don't know what we knew really about wiseman off off the court and on the court right but it does seem like he's very mature um and I, and I think that's uh, it's like mo- almost Moses Moody esque the way that he's kind of talking uh, like he's about his career and about himself, which I think is cool. Um, and I think is probably good for for him uh, on the court. Now his play, we'll see. And uh, he he writes about CJ writes about kind of his up and down play in the assembly. We've we've talked about it at length, right? So that stuff is still we will see. But I think the mental stuff you get that you get the the process and the mental stuff right, which I think he is. It's good for his future, right? And I think I was thinking about this while reading the article. Um, you start to compare it a little bit to Kaminga's situation. And there's someone that the players themselves have literally called him immature. Like he is objectively an immature player. Part of that is because he's young, right? And part of it, he's got that confidence that I think actually Wiseman probably doesn't have. 
right? Like as much confidence as a Kaminga. So it's, it's, I think, interesting to, to view these two players because they're totally different and they both got, they both got a ton of potential uh, and, and all that stuff, but athleticism on that, whatever. Right. Um, but they're completely different. It feels like, it feels like Wiseman's getting more mature and then Kaminga. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um, Kaminga actually had a quote in there um, where he's talking <laughs> about like seeing Wiseman work through, you know, struggles he's been going through and how hard it is. Like it's very cool. Um, which, which was also kind of my takeaway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I feel like this is, this is the two timeline thing in process. Like the reality is yes. you're dealing with non fully mature men. And like you and I can say this just because we're both in our thirties. But like, when I look back at like everything I knew, when I was like 19, 20, 21, which is the ages we're talking about, like it's cringe, right? There's like Dude. levels to it. And it's just like um, part of the reason I was like pessimistic on it. I'm like, come on, man, you, you got, you got one of the 10 best players at this point. I'm comfortable. I might say five best players in NBA history on your roster. Like, why are we, wh- why are we doing the science experiment? You know, like, why are we trying to see that? But like to the, to the broader point, it's like, both of them are learning and figuring out who they are uh, in different ways. One of them I would argue is too confident. Yeah. <laughs> the other, the other yeah. one, the other one, it's more like, you know, it needs to like take, take weight off his shoulders and just like play a little bit, like not like think about everything so much, just be himself. But like those, those are the same life lessons everyone goes through at 20, yeah. right? Yeah, I was gonna say this is not none of this is like um none of this is abnormal. It's actually abnormal if they weren't going through going, growing pains. It would be it would be that would be weird. I think some of the LeBron stuff I just think about because I was watching the not one, not two, not three right. uh, stuff, and I'm just like, dude, the guy was in his mid twenties. He was young. I mean, and he did stupid shit like that. And then karma he, gets he, you, he, right? he thought he had it made. He's like, I did it. We're going to win all these titles. And then he finds out like, it's not that easy. You know, it's still not that easy. There's still work to be done. Um, no, you're right. That's like, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. And like, you know, to the Warriors organization and particularly like to Steph and Draymond and Clay's credit, like they, they proved culture's real. They proved they could do it. They proved that they could, you know, do it, but it's like, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and and to take it back to Wiseman, like the big takeaway for me is like I like the I I just I love the honesty about it. I love like being like, yeah, dude, it, I had a rough first year, and then the injury I got, and you know, it was hard. And uh, it makes you want to root for him because like at least he's being honest with that sort of stuff. And like we're not, you know, he. he it could be the sort of thing where like overcoming that adversity is the thing that actually it makes him better. Yeah. It could, it could make him better long-term. Um, one, one piece I thought was interesting too, because I was watching the Niners preseason game for like five minutes. Um, Cause none, none of the starters play. By the way, but, Thursday, uh, all the stars playing very hyped. Oh, I know you and I both uh, Javon Kinlaw uh, looks very good. Very, very good. And, uh, that's a guy that I compared to to Wiseman because drafted based essentially on athleticism and size. Uh, the tape is pretty liar physical tools. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You watch him play. I mean, I, I was told at least with Ken Law because I don't know football. People were like, "Well, his, his, he's had a couple good games. Uh, the rest was pretty mediocre tape." I think with Wiseman, you watch him and you're like, 
I mean, yeah, it's pretty pretty mediocre tape. The, the play on the you court see, is not you great. You see plays that you're <laughs> like, wow, only like a couple of players can do that. Oh. But like the whole tape is like not that impressive. Uh, yeah, and and honestly, that's still true to this day about James Wiseman. And I think with Kinlaw, we we're I think we're seeing him now because he hasn't been able to stay on the field, um, become dominant ish at least so far in his career. Now he lost thirty pounds, whatever, all that stuff, right? Best shape of his life. Um, and now and now he has a chance coming off injury. Uh, to to show, I think, the potential and, and fully realize that. So I think same with Wiseman a little bit, where um, same in, not same injury, but an injury took, takes him out for a year, comes back. Now he's in great shape. We saw Wiseman. During it. Yeah, yeah said so both, both guys. And uh, you remember Kinlaw last year, he played and then and then uh, had to stop because of the injury uh, and he was playing through injury. And then we'll see with Wiseman, maybe he comes back and now he's fully, fully healthy. No more setbacks. He looked pretty good in the preseason in terms of conditioning. Like there was nothing, nothing wrong with him moving. Uh, so we'll see. I think I think, you know, that those are two guys that I think are similar. Um, um, and and then and then if 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 what we see with Kinlaw is working out, maybe the same with uh, Wiseman as well. It's not like the Warriors need him to play 25 minutes, right, of great basketball. They just need 15 next year from Wiseman if they can give him if he can give him 15. Yeah, start, start with uh, start with a strong shift at the beginning of the second or the fourth. Yep. And the better you play, the more it expands out. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it goes. No, no matter how you put it, I'm kind of excited to see how it goes. Um, but we'll end it there. Appreciate everyone. Look out for our updates. We're going to do a watch party Wednesday night on playback. We'll give you all the details. Hope to see you guys there. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.